no. So I made a huge mistake by posting that list. You guys have seen it. The word dot, the like notes app list of all the Twitter names that are just like, Oh yeah. A politician or <laughs> hockey player at a city in BC. Mm. Mm. <laughs> because like now, now I had a, t- a window open. I just closed it, but I had a window open on my uh, laptop. That was just like every five seconds is just somebody coming in being like, Point Gary Roberts <laughs> or something, you know? So I made a huge mistake doing that. But um, I always, I don't know. I I just get bored with my names and just like like to switch it up. And I also want to yeah. be like hard to find. Oh my God, sorry. I, I was like thinking about something else at the time, but Point Gary Roberts is so funny. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wade Brookbank of Montreal is really good too. <laughs> that's, not, that's one of mine, yeah. Yeah. Um, castle garth butcher <laughs> <laughs> now nah, it was a mistake to tell you that i did this as well i'm trying to think of what my favorite one is i don't remember i don't even remember what's on there matthew burnaby was one that i liked yeah um, yeah cranbrook oh my god these are so funny <laughs> lee powell river <laughs> that's a deep cut can we just list this on the show? <laughs> no, I, that's that's not going to be a. It's not good content. Uh, list. Let's just read out tweets. Like we're the judge of that. Yeah, that's true. I have yeah. no idea what good content <laughs> is. Oh, Scoopum Chuck Fletcher is a good one from Cody. Wow! Ooh, wow! Yeah. There's Brock. There's Brock Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Let's write that one. Squamishelle Bachman. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry. Wait. Okay. Math of B- BC municipalities. We should have like Justin McElroy on and just rank these. I'm just going, I'm just going through the list. MapQuest is still around. You heard about this? You hear, see this? You hear about this? See this? <laughs> MapQuest? I was just thinking about that, that meme where it's like the two, the couple like lying in bed. I was thinking about making one. That's this where it's like, you know, it's the couple lying in bed and the girls. Yeah, like, he, I wonder he, what he's thinking. He's probably about. thinking about their girls and he's thinking about Castle Garth Butcher. <laughs> Robert Langley. Robert. Oh, that's good. Um, Jeff Cowichan. Ooh, that's Ooh. good. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. Th- oh, that, that is good. <laughs> I'm just I'm just scrolling around Google Maps now of BC, just like looking, saying random hockey players' names and seeing if anything jumps out. Nikolai Nikolai Golden. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's very good. Yerky Lumby. Whoa! Wow. <laughs> Not bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so good. This is literally just. I wonder how long we're gonna do this for at the start of the episode. John Gibson's. <laughs> that's good i don't mind that one so when do you guys want to record an episode next week or yeah uh, that was great uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us remember to join the patreon <laughs> you can reach me at <laughs> speed agility power i'm a big fan of these things all of the performance I demand for myself on the ice is here. Handles all of my needs in dynamic fashion. I see you now about the fourth time, baby, but you know that I got nothing to say. It's a charm to look on your face. When you're rising, finding something I just can't do now.
All right, folks, welcome to another episode of Roxy Fever. I'm your host, Jackson McDonald. Joining me once again. Uh, it's me, Vyasaran. Is Dee's Lake anything? <laughs> I don't think so. Let's okay. move on, please. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and Elliot Hoyt. How are you uh, boys doing this week? Oh, I'm good. You're doing good? Hey, Elliot, what, did you just do your Mother's Day dinner? No, um, my mom's out of town, so I just gave her a phone call. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, I'm going to call those. my mom after we do this. Me too. Or I already did. So oh no, eat, I gotta do it, it after. I, <laughs> I I I told her though. I was like, "Is it cool if I call you late tonight?" And she was like, "Yeah." So this is boring. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, Sorry, yeah. I got how did you How did you enjoy disappointing uh, my mom? How did you enjoy uh, listening to an episode without you, Elliot? Oh yeah, <laughs> I got about halfway through. It was pretty good. Okay, yeah, <laughs> fair. That's that is good. I usually only get halfway through podcasts because I don't listen to that many got, podcasts anymore. Yeah, you got fair. places to be. Yeah. yeah, we got things to do, places to be. Yeah, um, not much has gone on this week. Uh, I will say uh, because I because of work and because of those things where work doesn't tell you when you start work, they don't really tell you what the schedule is in law, and that can lead you to just have the correct but bad assumption that you may never get time off. So okay, yeah, fair. So um, expect guests on these shows coming <laughs> up, folks. Um, to fill some absences potentially um but uh yeah i've enjoyed nice week uh, a friend of the show riley has mailed me some components or earlier mailed me some components to build a gaming computer uh wow. i wow. have somehow successfully acquired the other parts of it and i built it and i finished it yesterday and one of the hardest things i've done um yeah i can imagine yeah, I'm a gamer now. I'm a real, real deal, holy deal gamer now. Hell yeah. I uh, will, I will, I mean, most of this catch up stuff we'll probably cut. <laughs> I figure it's good to, if we're yeah. going to do the shoot the shit thing, it's like stretching. We might as well yeah. just, just do the shoot the shit thing on mm. the show and then keep the stuff that's interesting. But um, I, so I did another one of those songs with Reed for 155. Oh, sweet. Oh, um, sick. I, I've actually your done your last one, Jackson. I just got to say, like, uh-huh. I listened to it in the, I listened to it so much for uh, like which, two which months. one? The, the, the I hear you the gob. one or the, the go- yeah, yeah, one, the gob one because we did well, we did two gob ones, but I'm assuming the I hear you calling one is the one you're talking I about. I think that's the one, the only one I heard actually. Because, yeah, we did, we did one of soda and we did it in the style of Devo, and that was, hmm. uh, that was a ton of fun. And then I did one last week that was a total abomination. Uh, Reed just sent me like an acapella barbershop version of uh, American mm-hmm. Idiot and got me to do like the like. So that was really dumb and bad. And then this week it was a uh, burnout and um, he recorded a track for it in the style of the violent femmes i don't know if you guys know what band oh yeah is. yeah um yeah. yeah so it's just like i just did the singing for it but it's like an acoustic bass and an acoustic guitar or whatever um anyways it is the evening of sunday may 9th uh the Canucks north are- adam vancouver den okay that one's for elliot yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay even though um, that guy sucks anyways oh i have something related to that okay. so a while it's ago, fine it's fine no no yeah sorry sorry another <laughs> no, stupid okay. tangent do it uh, not last summer but like the last real summer before covid all the juniors at my club decided that they should call that i looked like adam van k so they all started calling me daddy van coverton 
<laughs> and I was like, you do not have any idea how much I fucking hate that these like 16 year old kids are calling me this. <laughs> it's like a bunch of 16 year old boys being like, hey, hey, we should ask daddy Vancouver. I was like, fuck <laughs> off. I'm leaving. That sucks. Oh, <laughs> I would well. hate it so much. Yeah. And weird people started sending me DMs on my last Twitter name, so I had to change it. What was it? It was little Nasland X. Oh yeah, that was good. Who who texted you? Just like random people would DM me. Like, I really like your Twitter name. I'm like, thanks. I did not need this social interaction. <laughs> uh, all right. Well. Anyways. Oh, but the, the conclusion to this is that um, Caitlin's sister now thinks that my hair looks like Justin Trudeau hair, which is even worse than calling me Daddy Van Coverden. Yeah, it is. Hey, you're two, you're two liberal MPs in one now. I know. That's even more than you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, we got some good stuff out of that. So I'm glad we, I'm glad we went down that tangent. Um, it is the evening of May the 9th. It's a Sunday. Uh, the Canucks are about May the to 9th embark be with you. on, I swear to fucking God, <laughs> the Canucks are about to embark on uh, a, I think, I don't know how many of the games are on the road or how many are at home, but they're the, the important thing here is they're going to play uh, seven games in 10 nights, which is going to be a punishing experience both for them and anyone else who has to watch those games. Um, but uh, I guess the obvious place to start here is with the uh, giant Tom Wilson fiasco that happened this week. Um, I expect a lot of our listeners will be eagerly anticipating, well, maybe not eagerly anticipating, but anticipating us uh, talking about it. We are going to devote some, if not all, of our next episode to Wilson and the Department of Player Safety and all of that. But I did just want to give uh, both of you a quick opportunity to just sort of uh, get your observations or takes off about that before we move on to the other things that we have planned for this week. Because we are a good hockey podcast that knows about lots of different things that have happened in the world of hockey, um, I'm obviously going to compare this to Bertuzzi Moore. Yeah. <laughs> um, I agree with your point, ultimately, that anytime anything like this happens, we have to have this giant referendum on fighting, which is mm -hmm. pointless and inane. Mm -hmm. And not relevant. <laughs> and not really relevant either, no. Well, aside from what happened in the next game. Sure, yeah. Uh, because there was, the next game there was, you know, the line brawl plus like four other fights or something. I didn't, but none of it. that happens if Tom Wilson is suspended or, right. I mean, I shouldn't say none of it happens, but like it doesn't get out of hand. If he's suspended, Tom, it pumps the brakes on Tom it. Wilson probably fights somebody like, you know what there would have been, there would have been the Wayne Simmons, Alex Hedler fight. Exactly. The one yeah, there would have been trade. one of these just like, just, yeah. just cauterize the wound kind of thing. Just like, just do a quick thing here. Exactly. Um, to, to stick to the, like, I'm not endorsing that, but that's probably would have happened had there been actual justice or yeah. not actual justice, mm, yeah. but the bare minimum of what I would expect from a department of player safety in 2021. Yeah. You can, and I, and we're, we're going to talk more about the department of player safety when we have our guests on in the middle of the week. But um, the idea that you can't give him like two games or something for that, um, it's just it's just totally absurd to me like I I to get back to the what Elliot mentioned about it being a referendum on fighting the the thing that really shocked me about this wasn't wasn't the fact that it happened wasn't the fact that it was not properly uh, penalized I guess would be the word um, it was the reaction to it because I thought that the unanimous take was gonna be that they blew it 
on this one because I just don't understand how anybody would want to see that in the game. Mm -hmm. Um, But there were a lot of people. uh, Greg Wyshynski is uh, one obvious guy that I can think of, but also like, I mean, Ryan Whitney from spitting and spitting chicklets, like spitting and chicklets, spitting and chicklets. Uh, He, like he literally posts a front facing camera video of like, I'm going to post myself crying to own the libs. Um, that was, did you guys see that? Did either of you guys see that video? Uh, unfortunately, yes, I did. One of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my entire life. Just like, I don't, I just don't understand what we're defending at this point because like, I don't want physical physicality out of the game. I don't want hitting out of the game. I don't even want fighting out of the game. Really, I don't care. I think, um, you know, we talked about this a lot in our uh, Ice Guardians episode, but at the end of the day, I just don't think like the net effect of fighting, uh, having it or removing it is enough to move the needle in either direction for me to care that much. Um, It also might not be something that moves the needle on CTE. Yeah, exactly. Right, um, yeah. And there's and, just gonna be other hits that'll do the same damage. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. but the thing that I want out of the game is headhunting, and I think everybody yeah. should want that out of the game. Like, and it, it just you know it, it's impossible not to get a little bit like, I mean, a lot of people around the league do hate Tom Wilson. It's that it's fair to say like he is at this point. I would say as hated as a uh certainly like a Rafi Torres um mm-hmm. maybe yeah. and maybe even you could lump like Todd Bertuzzi into that if you want to get into the Bertuzzi more stuff but it's just like I just don't remember anyone on a grand uh national stage like defending either of those guys and so it just feels a little bit like I just don't understand really I guess why this guy's got so many um fanboys in his corner um especially thing outside is that we're starting of the to see this... Capitals fan base you know Yeah sorry but like the only thing we're starting to see these days is people are doing this too with Marchand Yeah and so I'm starting to think this is actually because of the take economy Yeah so then um, like there's much more incentive to be a contrarian on Wilson or Marchand than there was ever for Torres or Pertuzzi Yeah True. yeah that makes sense yeah because you can't get eyeballs just by being a contrarian back then. Yeah, that's, that's true. fair. Yeah, I also like I've I've only seen the hate around Tom Wilson, like obviously like indirectly. Like I, I don't pay attention to American NHL teams that much. Totally, and yeah. I could especially not remember. This yeah, especially this season, uh, which we'll get to very soon. <laughs> um, uh, I couldn't remember what any of Tom Wilson's other uh, aggressions have been, but also. The reason for a lot of this hate, I think, is because he's barely been suspended for anything. Yeah, absolutely. Com- compared, like, compared to any other player that I could probably imagine. He got the one really big suspension for hitting, I believe. It was a St. Louis Blues player. I can't remember the name of... I can't remember his name um, off the top of my head. But he did get like a pretty significant suspension for that. But pretty much everything else he's done has gone... Has flown quite a lot under the radar. Um and the thing that one of one thing that I thought was interesting about this was like you look at his um, you look at his numbers and at first my instinct was to think that people were def- like it, basically it's star player syndrome like where it's like if you have a star player who's really dirty guys will come out of the wind woodwork to defend him because like 
at the end of the day, particularly in Canada, but also, you know, some people in the States, like they love a guy who plays on the edge, you know, who, who straddles that line or whatever, and who a player who can fight and who can hit and who can get dirty, but who can also score. And I think that like, there are definitely some people in hockey who are scared of that going away. Um, scared that, that, uh, you know, basically the talented, like top of the roster players aren't going to want to get uh, their hands dirty anymore. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is I, you know, I looked at his numbers and it was like, you know, I think last year he had something like 44 points in like late sixties games. And then sort of a similar thing the year before that, like he's just sort of been in the um, 40 point range uh, usually over less games because he misses games all the time, either because of injury or because of suspension. So like pretty good numbers. Uh, but then I look, I looked like a little deeper into it and he plays like the vast majority, vast, vast, vast majority of his minutes at even strength with Alex Ovechkin and Nicholas Backstrom. And so it's Not like even on the power play. I, I don't. Yeah, no, he doesn't. He doesn't really. He's played on the power play quite quite a bit this year. He has like five power play goals or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But like, you know, he's the burrows on that line. He's the, exactly. He's the burrows on that line. And the thing the thing is that if you want to compare him to Alex Burrows, like, you know, I'm sure there are fucking playing morons in this market who thought Alex Burrows was like an, like a, an all-star caliber player without the Sidians. Those people would be wrong. Um, he was a very, he was a good, like, he was a classic, like, you know, competent, like middle of the lineup player who could play with skill players yeah. higher up in the lineup or whatever. And, and the thing is, is that that's what Tom Wilson is, Right. So mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not suggesting that Tom Wilson's not a good hockey player, but he's like without his uh, prescribed role, he's like a middle six power forward, basically. Um, you know, like I, fi- I think a lot of guys could get 40 points playing on the wing with Backstrom and Ovechkin. Yeah. So I just don't really understand like why people why there are some people who seem to love this guy so much. It almost seems like it's just this uh, reactive uh, response to like anyone suggesting that the players should be kept safe. Like, and I, I've, I've mentioned this in the past, but like, I think it's fine for these players to be, to consent to dangerous behavior. Like, I think it's fine to say that you step on the ice, you know, you might get hurt. You know, you might get your bell rung. You know, you might um, get like a head injury. You might get, uh, a concussion you might even end up with cte but i also think that you expect that like the kind of behavior that's going to lead to an excessive amount of injuries like that is going to be there's going to be an effort to keep that out of the game mm-hmm. and i just don't really understand why like if you're for what tom wilson did on that play which is essentially like okay he he glove hands buchnevich a couple of times or whatever that's kind of scrummy. I don't like it, but like if it had ended there, I, I wouldn't really care that much. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like very Marchand on Sedin. I think it's dirty. I think it's like a low life move, but it's not the end of the world. But what he did to Panarin is like, I'm sorry, but it's like Bertuzzi on steroids. The dude literally tried to throw his unhelmeted, uh-huh. unprotected head uh-huh. to the ice. If you're okay with keeping that in the game, then like, why, why not like ha- just allow spearing 
and slashing and like uh-huh. you know That's like like yeah. i just i yeah. just at that point i don't understand like i put that in the same category as like stick infractions and stuff and i just don't really understand how anybody looks at that and thinks it's fighting it's it's not like if tom wilson didn't play like a coward and try to like hurt people instead of fighting them mm-hmm. i wouldn't have a problem with them but i i was really uh frankly like kind of disturbed to see the response that it got i mean <laughs> there's probably a lot we can say that we could just save for when we yeah do our absolutely. next episode which yeah. will be a deeper dive into this mm-hmm. but then with the fallout and see like no this is hockey but it, it it had strangely like political vibes to me like things oh, you yeah. see in a coup or something or like right when there's a little bit of revolutionary action that scares somebody how the nhl basically got the gm fired yeah absolutely yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. i've and never seen that type of hand of god or, or just like yeah hand of god it truly is. from like yeah from the gary batman offices down to a team which is only if he walks away i, I guess but yeah, I can't. Yeah. I can't wait to discuss that. Uh, like that the, is fucking in wild. The, in the uh, next, like, yeah, absolutely. We, we could have this conversation, like a longer episode of this, could have a conversation about the Tom Wilson event mm-hmm. without mentioning Tom Wilson's name more than twice, because I think yeah, the other news, absolutely. <laughs> and that's really what I. That's really what I want to get into on the next one. Yeah. Um, and I also know that um, our uh, our guest that we're going to have on is more anti-fighting than i am so i wanted to kind of give my like pro violence and hockey take (laughs) to allow him to have the floor in the in the next episode or whatever but i do think it's important to because this always gets sort of turned into like a i want as little violence in hockey as possible versus big boy hockey man's game yada 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 Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to carve out this sort of middle ground where it's like, I'm fine with as much physical play in hockey as there is basically right now. I just don't want guys running around purposely trying to injure each other, Mm -hmm. Um, which is what Tom Wilson does. And then when he comes back in the next game after not being suspended, what everybody who's facing him tries to do. It just becomes a, it just becomes an arms race of trying, you tried to injure our skill player and now we're going to try to injure yours. And like, ultimately when you let guys totally police quote unquote the game themselves that's what happens i can't believe nothing happened when they knew that they were going to play them again the next couple like couple oh, days later i know i know yeah. it's yeah i mean what would well, happen if this is a playoff series i right? think i think that's a good question for our guest <laughs> that's what i think so um elliot do you have any last words on that before we uh no, I mean, I just was thinking about like, what if this was a playoff game? The last playoff, or not the last playoff series now, the Calgary Vancouver series in 2015, like that definitely ended with some line brawls, but it definitely didn't start with any. I think in the playoffs, you do actually have some inertia of trying to win games, which prevents what right. happened the other night with the Rangers right. from yeah. happening because the Rangers don't care anymore. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, Jackson, I think I agree with you. Like, the amount of violence now is generally pretty fine, but. The sideshow shiz. Yeah, I want to get yeah. rid of injuries. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. I don't I think that that's if if you wanted to stake out like a materialist take on fighting in hockey, it's the goal should be limiting injuries as much as possible. And yeah. with, while like the goal should be limit injuries as much as possible without taking with while taking away as little entertainment value as possible, right? Yeah. 
And I don't see how anyone can have a problem with that. And that's where where the the um, the sort of pro Wilson arguments bre- break down for me is like, yeah, I don't think pro uh, physicality needs to mean pro injuring people on purpose. That seems obscene to me. So mm-hmm. uh, moving on from that, the other thing that I wanted to get to before we get to uh Another one of our lauded, incredibly popular <laughs> guessing game uh, <laughs> segments is um, Jim Benning. <laughs> uh, for for our uh, for our art of, uh, for our out of market listeners, Jim Benning and uh, John Wisebrod just returned from scouting, I believe, the U18s uh, somewhere in the states. Uh, this was a, a funny sort of thing that got um, like it, it flew totally under the radar when the Jake for and stuff happened. Um, still weird that we haven't heard from anybody besides the coach on the Vertan and stuff to me, I think that's odd, but a big part of the reason why that was the case is because the GM and the AGM were scouting the UATNs when it went down. And I just got to say in the middle of like a pandemic where your entire team just like in your entire team just had COVID everything's falling off of the rails. Con- you know, you, you never know who's going to be in the lineup day to day just because of all the like movement and everything and all, and all these new like waiver wire pickups and all that. And then in addition, this uh, allegation that comes out against Drake for Tan and like, I guess just, when you look at all of it, it's kind of insane to think that like with a couple weeks left in the season, the, your entire front office is just somewhere else scouting. Like with what pick to use. Yeah. It's it, it, that whole thing is just bizarre to me. I don't know. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if we really, no, have it is to completely get bizarre, that, but, um, but it was some fun foreshadowing because something much sillier was about to happen. Yeah, so they they've returned now from the from scouting the U18s, and as uh, they did some that, you, so that Benning could get caught and run interference with the Verdan story. So, <laughs> I mean, honestly, okay. Well, before we before we get ahead of ourselves here, for those of just for those of you that aren't aware, Canada has very strict laws around people coming into the country right now. This uh, huge quotation, Jackson's doing yeah. huge quotation marks. <laughs> they are strict restrictions in the sense that if you choose to follow them, the rules are quite strict, <laughs> um, but there's not, the enforcement is not particularly strict. Um, you are supposed to quarantine in a hotel for two weeks uh, upon returning to the country. And uh, I guess what you might call an intrepid uh, wannabe Canucks reporter saw Jim Benning uh, shopping in like a Safeway or something in the dairy section and just like snapped a couple of picks. Um, and this is like maybe two days after he got back from uh, from the States. So uh, where do we start with this one? What did, what, what's your, how did you guys feel when you saw these fixtures circulating? This team is run by like in a, like a WHL team. I swear to Absolutely. fucking God. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. WHL, like WHL or maybe even like BCHL. Order your groceries. If you're, <laughs> if, if yeah. you're coming yeah. back from the, fu- Jesus Christ. This is a man facing economic uncertainty. Just to be honest. <laughs> I mean, the, so the obvious place to start here is um, 
like you are the general manager of a multi, I mean, honestly, like pretty well, now much it's only a multi-million. And now it's only a multi-million dollar sports franchise, but like, yeah, you can't have your groceries ordered to you. It just seems insane. Like it just seems so, it, it, it seems so like such a confirmation of like, shall we just say like the amount of uh, forethought that, this guy has towards literally anything that we talk about all the time. I, it feels like it's a, this really strikes a blow to the people who are all like Jim Benning does 3d chess and is secretly a genius and is 10 moves ahead of everybody else. I mean, if he's thinking ahead, you'd think he would at least uh, think like, Hmm, maybe I should get somebody else to pick up my groceries for me. Do you, do you think like, where's, where's PR man? That's all. Like, yeah. Do the Canucks have the worst PR staff in the league? Like, I think that's the sorry. worst PR staff. You have to have a PR staff. Yeah. Yeah. TC Carling is like a government in waiting kind of situation right now. <laughs> Dual power. <laughs> um, yeah. That's. Uh, is it government in exile? Yes, exactly. I also have to add to, though, that uh, it is like so wild that somebody saw him at the grocery store and was like, Oh, I got to fucking snap a pit. Like, like, cause if you see the picture, he's like <laughs> right knows. in front of Jim Benning, like Jim Benning knows he's getting his picture taken. Oh um, no. <laughs> aside from the one infamous picture of Jim Benning looking extremely surprised, <laughs> you know, the one that I'm talking about, this is the most <laughs> yeah. surprised I've ever seen Jim Benning look like, uh, so to me, the other most bizarre thing is that he geotagged which safe. That's a that's a safe way. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so funny. We got to give a shout out to Yerky. Can I use this opportunity to give a shout out to Yerky? Absolutely. Who gave a yeah. shout out to us? Oh yeah, that was um, great. On May seventh, Yerky twenty one, past guest, friend of the show. Uh, we're huge fans of him and his work. Yes. Um, and his intrepid journalism and content yes. creation. Um. He returned the be- Benning on Empties came back. Yes. Because of us. Benning on, on Empty. <laughs> yeah. right. Because of us. Um, I don't know if it's public knowledge. Mm-hmm. That last part. Yeah. Is it? I think I I don't know. Um, I mean it was <laughs> yeah. it was on the show that we were like pushing him to do another one. Yeah. So yeah. Might yeah. be. I mean, I don't know the extent. I I don't know if we could take the full credit for coming. No, 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 of course but, not. You know, we were we were um key cogs in the movement to bring back uh Benning on Empty. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, as far as the it's it, it was funny to see people like jump out of the woodwork uh and you know, get mad about the guy taking the picture of Jim Betting. It is like a bit wild and a bit of an invasion of privacy, but like really, I wouldn't like, do it. I wouldn't do it. Yeah, yeah, it's that's a good way of of putting it. But it it really like puts the whole like Yerky photo of Jimmy VC's car thing into perspective. <laughs> yeah. Like how much of a fake controversy that was that he like took a picture of Jimmy VC's rental car in a parking lot. <laughs> anyway. We're like everyone assumed that's where his car would be too. I'm also now thinking, like, would I not do it if I saw him in a grocery store? 
Oh man. I would definitely I would mention it and talk about it. I don't know if I would post it on Twitter like publicly. I would take it, and I, I would, would not have taken the photo. The funny thing is I probably would have yeah. taken a picture from far away discreetly and then shared it with like a few people that I know. Yeah. I would have like, asked somebody else to share it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and also that's, that's I probably wouldn't have known that he was just in Texas. Like if I well, knew he was in Texas, yeah. I'd be like, oh, is this that's is that. That's the thing where that's the thing where it's like on the one hand, it's a bit of an invasion of privacy, but then on the other hand, it's like, well, don't do that if you don't want somebody to somebody to like take your picture, especially because like it's Vancouver, you're a local celebrity. Like that's the only way to look at it. And it is particularly at this stage in the game, like um, you're playing with fire if you break COVID restrictions, especially, you know, a uh a few weeks after essentially trading a player away for like not even breaking COVID restrictions mm-hmm. and then you're just going to explicitly do it. Yeah. I don't know. Pretty, uh, pretty embarrassing. Just another fucking like just add it to the pile of giant embarrassments for this franchise that have happened this season. Um, are you guys even watching the games by the way? Yeah. yeah I watched the game last night. I like put them on in the back you know like i mm-hmm. put i lately i've been working on music stuff a lot recently so mm-hmm. uh i just put them on in the background while i do that work or i put them on um i often put them on when i'm editing the episodes mm-hmm. i don't watch them the way that i used to uh because there's no real reason to i watch them to keep up with the storylines but like the games themselves are they haven't been interesting really like all season to be honest it's, it's like dedicated time to go on twitter and talk to my uh, friends exactly. basically yeah yeah. yeah yeah do we want to move on to the sure okay so this one this one's been a bit weird because it was a, a big time like let's fill time episode uh particularly because we wanted to avoid talking too much about our friend tom wilson uh because we we know we're going to be getting to it with our guests later in the week so after the uh, overwhelmingly positive response to our segment last week where we guessed the standings, I thought it would be fun for me to take a little bit of my own medicine and uh, have Elliot administer a quiz for myself and Vyas um, where we guess the leading scorer of each team, which I think will be a lot of fun because none of us have watched... uh, I barely watched Canucks games, man. Yeah, and I haven't watched any hockey in um in like out of the the division. It, mainly because I still have cable. Um I haven't bothered to get like a an NHL streaming service yet mm-hmm. and the only fucking games that air on cable anymore are North Division games. Yeah. So, big part of the reason why I'm going to get rid of my cable after I uh watch the Sopranos, but All right, so we're doing so the goal for this week is to guess the leading scorer on each of the non-North Division teams? Yes, both for both to keep it from getting too long and also because like there's two or three gimmies in the North Division. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, while we were planning this, I thought Leon Dreisaitl could possibly be ahead in Edmonton and everybody <laughs> laughed at me. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then uh, Elliot and I were immediately like, oh yeah, you don't remember that Connor McDavid just like had the fewest games to a hundred points in like <laughs> fucking 20 years or something, some crazy thing like that. Probably. Nope. Years. <laughs> also, also for anybody who like wonders why Gretzky is so hot, like the whole, 
Gretzky, greatest player in history ever. And now you're watching McDavid just stomp on the Canucks. This is why we were bad while these players were good. Yeah, and people we talk about the 2011 Canucks just beating up the Northwest Division. Yeah, well, Gretzky spent his entire career beating up on the 80s Canucks. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Entirely fair. So uh, Elliot will be administering the um, the quiz for all of us, or for the two of us rather. Um, and to give Vias a slight. Uh, to, to basically make things slightly more fair as Vias is the casual fan and I am the guy whose job it was to know stuff like this up until this season. Um, we're going to let him go first and have a rule that says that I'm not allowed to say the same thing he does. So um, that'll even things up, I think, a little bit. Jackson will at least get a player right that plays on that team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're going to start with the Central Division, if that's all right with you guys. That's good to me. Who do we think the leading scorer of Carolina is? Um, uh, okay. Hmm. Sveshnikov. Okay. Jackson. That's a good guess. Um, I'm going to say Sebastian Ajo. Yeah. It's Sebastian Ajo, Trocek, then Svech. Ah, okay. How far back is Svech? Uh, 57 for Ajo, 43, and then 42. So he's actually like 15 points back. Wow. But Ajo is, Ajo is insane. Yeah. He, he's like maybe the most underrated player in the league. He's fantastic. Is this true? Are there two Sebastian Ajos? Yes, there's just... also yes. a defenseman who plays in... Uh, he used Long to play, play in Long Island. Yeah, does he still play there? Uh, he might have been traded. I do not know. Yeah. All right, Florida. Oh, man. Um, <clears throat> Sasha Barkov. Yeah, that's... That's probably who I would have gone with, but I'll say you could you um, could like if you're for sure you're just like if you know that like oh no that's totally the right no, answer. It's I'll I'll go I for could, who the second person would be. Yeah, that's what I that's what I'm basically gonna gonna go with is just who if it's if you say the person I'm thinking I'll just go with the next most likely, right. which I'm gonna say is probably Huberto. So I'll I'll say Huberto. Huberto is actually the leading scorer with <laughs> four points, 61 to I didn't know that. 57. That's so funny because I literally, like, I, I literally got, only got that right because Viat said the person I was going to say. I was <laughs> laughing about that the whole time. <laughs> Tampa Bay. Uh, oh, shit. Uh, oh, this, is, this, this seems actually hard. Is it Stamkos? He's, he's hurt, right? He's out. But but I know Kucherov is hurt as well. Yeah, but I think Stamkos just got hurt, like not that uh, long ago. Well, that's a lot of time for him to boost up the stats. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say Braden Point. Yep, okay. it's Braden yeah. Point. The, I will get well, worse at this. I promise. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, these have been easy ones because I. Yeah, these have all been pretty easy for for me because they're this is the division that I actually care the most about. Like, and those three teams are the teams I care the most about. So it's gonna it'll be a, a drop off significantly. Uh, all right, yeah. what do we think about Nashville? All right, so I thought it could have been Philip Forsberg way back. Um, I actually okay, this is the one that I actually do know the answer to, and it is fucked up to me because it's Roman Josie. Oh Yossi. yeah, it is, isn't it? I'm pretty sure it is. Okay, I'll say um, Arvidsson, Victor Arvidsson, Magnus Arvidsson. <laughs> no, it's Yossi. Yeah. Why? What is happening in Nashville that that's that that's happening? They all have like very few points. Where is Arvidsson? Is he like fourth? Fifth, yeah. Oh wow, he's behind okay. our old friend Mikhail Granlund. Oh wow. Okay, I didn't know. Or that. Rather, that's our funny. old friend's brother. 
Yes, sure. Um, Dallas. Okay. It's, uh, oh my God, it's a rookie, isn't it? But I don't know their name. So is it Jamie Ben? I'll just say Tyler Sagan. I don't oh, know God. anybody else on the Dallas Stars anymore. Uh, it's neither. Yeah. You guys want to try again or? Is it the rookie? Who's they have like the a guy, weird Russian guy? Who's the guy? Yeah, they have like another guy who's had like a big season. I don't remember. You guys are going to be so mad. Yoss cannot be more wrong about the rookie thing. This is <laughs> okay. Joe Pavelski. Oh, fuck. Oh, I had no weird. idea. That's wild. I had no yeah. idea he was even on the Stars. Same here. <laughs> I knew he was on the Stars, but I didn't know he was having such a good season. Yeah, he has, he has 50 points in 54 games. Holy shit. And he's 36. Joe. Yeah, wow. Good for him. Fuck. Yeah. I'm glad he left San Jose. Uh, Chicago. Oh, God. Um, Adam Gaudet. <laughs> Uh, um, this is by points per game, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, mm, uh, is it Patrick Kane? Like, <laughs> this, this feels it's gotta be. I'll you say Kane, I'll say to break it. Yeah, Kane, then to break that. Oh, okay, cool. They also have Pius Sutter, which is what, <laughs> yes. what he would be called if you got named to be the Pope. Yeah, <laughs> he's number four. That it's, rocks. Uh, That's great. It's Brandon Sutter when he decides to stop having sex. <laughs> yeah um oh my god detroit oh god um, okay is anthony mantha leading them in scoring even though he got traded that would holy, be so funny i was about to ask because i thought it like i thought that He's guy third. got traded and it's also the third, greek okay. uh detroit's greek guy is gone right like they're in the islanders athanasius athanasius <laughs> <laughs> hasn't been on detroit in like years now mm. uh it's uh, it's it's that uh, fucking that the young center, um, the one who got drafted ahead of Bo Horvat, right? Nope. I'm allowed to have these as answers, right? I, I know, I know who you mean. I think you mean Dylan Larkin. Dylan Larkin. Yeah, that would have been my answer. <laughs> Do you have another uh, is, it, is it Tyler Tyler Bertuzzi? Holy shit! Nope, it's a uh, Philip Hronick. What, what the fuck? Yeah. Are you kidding me? A 23-year-old defenseman is leading that team in scoring. I think a but different 20-something-year-old defenseman should be leading that team. What happened to Dylan Larkin? Wait, yeah, actually, what did happen to him? He's missing, what's that, like 12 games? Okay. So that's okay. probably it. Okay. Oh, I see. I just wanted to make sure that he that there was like a reason for that. That's absurd. <laughs> Philip Ronick. Wait, wait, a guy sorry, that Philip... I didn't even know was playing in the NHL. Philip Ronick? Ronick. Ronick. H R O N E K, right? Right, Elliot? Yeah. Yeah, he was uh he was a good prospect, but I didn't even know he was playing in the NHL. <laughs> uh Columbus is the next team up. Okay. Um is it Jack Roslovic? That's a good guess. Fuck. That's yeah, a really good guess. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say Bjorkstrand. Yep, it's Bjorkstrand. Oh yeah. Ros- Roslovic is tied for second, but he sh- he's second because he has less games played. Mm. Okay, yeah. Probably because of quarantine. What a good guess, Vias. Yeah, I just remember there was a story about him scoring like two goals in that first game that him and Lina were playing. It'll be so funny if Roslovic ends up being the best player in that trade. 
Well, that was kind of what was happening. Like, yeah, he, it was for a moment. Yeah, one slime. One slime has a. You know what? I don't want to get into Tortorella stuff. No, I. Uh, <laughs> I RIP though. RIP. Yeah. I yeah. hope uh, if the Canucks are going to suck um, for the foreseeable future, bring bring Torts back. Bring him back. Who cares? <laughs> Just fucking bring him back. It'll. it'll You're saying it. Okay. It would be like it would be uh, funny. It would it would be if like if the team. I'm laughing. Gonna, if the team's going to keep being like this the press conferences might as well be entertaining, right? Mm-hmm. Something yeah. has to be entertaining. All right, yeah, they're so, out of the playoffs, right? Oh, yeah, and, and they just announced that uh, Torts is Torts not, is not coming, back. coming back. So yeah. Oh, really? Okay, I didn't know they said that for sure. Yeah. All right, so Jackson took the Central Division 4-2. to two. We're now moving on to the whatever division Pittsburgh is in, probably like the Metropolitan of uh, the <laughs> East. Yeah. The NBC division, basically. Like, they, they put all their favorite teams in that one. Yeah. Should we even do Pittsburgh? Yes. Okay. Uh, who's second? I'm going to guess Jared McCann. <laughs> no, d- God damn it. You stole my bit. That's why I said yes to Pittsburgh because <laughs> I was just going to guess Jared McCann. <laughs> it's Jared McCann and whoever has the least point is whoever Jared McCann's wife or who, <laughs> whoever, whoever's teammate is Jared McCann's fucking the wife of. So, yeah, okay. That's... Give your real answer for yes. It's Sidney Crosby. Um, I think second is probably Malkin, but I'm going to say Jared McCann anyway. Right. Second is Gwensel. Oh, okay. Yeah. Jake Gwensel Gensel. Stefani. Yep. Gwensel right. Stefani. Number five is Jared McCann. Okay. And in last on the team in scoring is our old friend Yannick Weber. Oh, poor, <laughs> poor Yannick. He's only dressed for two games though. So. Oh, okay. I thought it was so awesome that that guy wore number six. I loved Yannick Weber, man. I... You loved Yannick Weber? I did. No, like what, you, he, what do you mean? Okay. What does that mean? <laughs> okay. So during some of the leanest years in Canucks. I think one of the biggest compliments you could say of Yannick Weber is that you remembered Yannick Weber. Yannick Weber, no, in one of the leanest years in Canucks history, one of the worst years in Canucks history, Yannick Weber had 10 goals as a defenseman. Yeah. Oh, like shit. He, he was and, and that's, he, that's that number six he, doing the job for him. He took so much shit in this market and no literally, literally for the last like five years, he, w- he would have been like solidly their number five, at least if not like in their top four, there's mm. never been a point in time in which the Canucks could not have used Yannick Weber. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not, <laughs> Since I don't, he was on the team. I'm not going to say I loved Yannick Weber. He was a decent bottom pairing def- defenseman with some offensive pop, but I liked Yannick Weber and I thought he got too much shit here. What so, did we lose him I, for? They just they just didn't renew his contract. Uh, just let him walk. The old and, Benning fairness, special. He's, he's old a old signer Jim. He's <laughs> he's old and like not that good anymore too. But like there, oh, yeah. he was good for 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 us, and he got a raw deal. I thought. Yeah. Um, Washington Capitals. Hmm. Okay, same thing with Pittsburgh. Who's second? I think it is TJ Oshie. Well, just say just it's Ovechkin. Okay. Yeah. Don't don't you know. <laughs> We'll say because we're saying if I get the second one, I get I get it still, right? All like right. That's All right. Or, sure. or I mean yeah. I mean bragging rights. Anyway. All right, Alex um, Ovechkin. Yeah, I'll say I'll say Oshi. It's actually Backstrom than Carlson. Oh, what the huh? fuck? Okay. <laughs> Oshi is one point back of Carlson. Wait. And then where's Ovechkin? Ovechkin's another point back. Okay, wow. Whoa. How many goals oh, does Ovechkin is, have? I bet this, this is because Ovechkin they... has 24 goals and he's leading the team. Okay. Ovechkin's also missing about 10 games because he okay, got yeah, suspended. Right. It's the yeah, anti Russian right. racism. Yeah. It's all that stuff. 
Oh yeah. One thing that, one thing that we never got the chance to talk about, but that was like another insane, bizarre thing that happened this season in the saga of the New York Rangers is that whole thing with Artemi Panarin, uh, the story surfacing that he like beat up an 18 year old girl, but then everybody was like, Oh, that might be because he supports like Navalny or whatever his name is. Yeah. Navalny or whatever the guy's name is. (laughs) Yuri, Yuri Navalny, the, uh, our defenseman <laughs> who played for the Buffalo Sabres. He's a big supporter of, of Yuri Navalny. Um, one of the better Jim Benning draft picks of that era. Um, and, you know, Putin, Putin's a big time uh, fire Benning. He's a bitter bro. So uh, he, he was not uh, pleased about that. No. Um, yeah, that was just, that was a fucking weird thing that happened this year um, <laughs> that we never got. We've to never about. heard about since and yeah. we'll never hear about again. Yeah. Those days when like a story fizzles out within an hour on Twitter. Oh, I, I I'm just yeah. never going to go into, yeah. I just <laughs> not interested. That's it. Can't. Yeah. yeah. Not enough bandwidth. Anyways. Uh, Boston Bruins. Okay. Uh, Brett Pasternak. It's Marchand. It's Marchand. It's Marchand. Yeah. Well, God hates us. Marchand's up by like 19 points over Bergeron. Wow. That's nuts. That guy really uh, developed into a, quite the player do you think marshawn's gonna be a hockey hall of fame finalist definitely oh god uh new york islanders oh god jake flores (laughs) 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 um i think it is uh brock nelson no wait no actually i don't wait i just as, as i said that i realized i don't remember any new york islander now that tavares is gone now that i've posted definitely doesn't play for them as far as i know Mm-hmm. Um, Brock Nelson. Yeah, Pozo hasn't played there in like six years or something. <laughs> um, I know it, but that's could you the make last it a good GPC geography name like Ocposo and Ogopogo somehow? Uh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. There's a yeah, um, maybe something there. There's a uh, <laughs> that that really is like the last time I paid attention to the Islanders though, which is funny because they're good now. Oh, it's got to be Barzal. Oh, it is indeed right. Barzal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good because I was about to say Anders Lee, but um, but I would have been wrong. Yeah, Barzal. I would have given it if it was at, on Anders Lee, I would have given it to you for saying Jake Flores. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a stupid joke. <laughs> Anyways. It's such a stupid joke with such a low ceiling. Uh the New York <laughs> Rangers. Oh. Oh. God. This one's tough. Uh I I actually have no idea. I don't know even who plays with uh, Lafreniere. Um, oh, I'm going to guess Panarin. Yeah, see, I would guess Panarin too, but I know he was gone for a while. Fuck. I'm going to say uh, Zabanajad. Mika? Yep. So even though he's missed 14 games, Panarin is still the leader at New York. Wow. That's with, by eight points. That's insane. Zabanajad. That yeah. guy is so crazy. Oh, well, I got Zabanajad. That's not bad. Okay. Uh, the Flyers. Oh god. Oh, that's tough. Um, like their backup goalie, probably whoever <laughs> whoever replaced um the poor that poor kid. Um, Ian Simmons. <laughs> Eric Lindros. Um, geez, I don't know. I'm I'm just gonna say Claude. Oh no, I'm gonna say Travis Connect Connect me. Oh wow, that's a because all, all the girls talk about him. Rap boy. Um. I'll say, man, there are a lot of guys that could be. I feel like Couturier has really like took a, taken over as like their best player. 
but I don't know if he's like their offensive leader. I want to say, man, because it, it could feasibly be like it could be Voracek, it could be Giroux, or it could be Couturier, or it could even be Konechny. I'll say Couturier. So Couturier, I think, just eyeballing it, is their points per game leader, but the okay. actual leader is Jacob Voracek, former friend of the show. Ah, yeah. Oh, well. Where's Connect? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> where's, where's, sorry, where's Trevor Connect for? <laughs> Trevor Connect for is number six. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. He's behind Joel Farabee. How many games has, uh, has Carter Hart started this year? Carter Hart. Carter Hart? Uh, Carter starts, Carter Hart has started 25. Who is a backup goalie? This is, Brian my, this, this is basically my, Ryan Elliott. Hell yeah. Oh, good for him. Bad ombre. He's, he's so old. He's played so much, so many games. All right. All right. Buffalo Sabres. Oh, God. Uh, well. Uh, the defenseman. Uh, oh, uh, Deline. It's Eichel. It's got to be Eichel. Oh, right. No. I, mm, okay. Fine. Nope. What? Neither. It's Sam Reinhardt. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Wow, what a what a year they're having there. Is Buffalo bad because Eichel's not do, playing well? Basically, I think Buffalo might be bad because Simon Reinhardt's their top scorer. Mm. Eichel got <laughs> a good point. I feel like so the East division was a complete train wreck for you two, uh, tied two two, and we got like four. Is it New Jersey in the East? Oh yeah, I missed clicking on them. Okay, no worries. <laughs> We're actively getting a phone call from. We're getting yeah. a phone call from uh, right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Who's leading New Jersey? Uh, it's uh, it's Hughes. Jack Hughes. Yeah. Jack Hughes. One of my favorite names in the NHL because it's also what you say in French when you think someone is guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I will say shout out to uh, our number one listener Ben. I will say it is the Velvet Underground and Nico Hishier. Um. Yeah, Nico Hishier. Can you explain that no, one? Not even uh, close. <laughs> okay, well, no. The So that's Ben's username right now, or Ben's, like, name. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the famous, it, there's a famous, uh, the, the the debut Velvet Underground album is called mm-hmm. the, the Velvet Underground and Nico. Is that the one with the banana? It's with Nico. It's with the banana, yeah. Oh, okay. And so he was, like, the Velvet Underground and Nico Hishier. Yeah, anyways, yeah. It's funny. I thought it was good. <laughs> He's had some pretty incredible ones. <laughs> Um, the, their leading scorer is apparently Pavel Zaka. Yo, what the fuck? <laughs> I know, right? I was like, I didn't know he was in the NHL. I thought he washed out. <laughs> All right, well. Is anything interesting happening around the league? <laughs> swear to God. All right, so we're still 2-2 in the East. <laughs> okay. Moving to the, what's this, the West? Okay, yeah. The, this is um, the last one, right? Which is the last one. Okay, yeah. So Vyas needs to take this one by two to tie Okay. Uh, Vegas. It's uh, it's the it's the fucking uh, the guy. He's got dark. He looks Greek. Um, he came from Montreal. You know no, what I'm trying to talk about. He definitely did not come from Montreal. Pacioretty. Oh, okay. Patrick, yeah. I thought you were talking about Mark Stone, who looks more Greek than me, or looks more, more than you. <laughs> looks more Greek to me. Sorry, I'm very hairless, so everyone looks more Greek than me. Um. I yeah. can see either one of these. So I will say uh, Mark Stone. It's indeed Mark Stone. Hell yeah. Oh, shit. Already is number two, though. Yeah. I can't believe that team just took the two best players from 
two Canadian teams. Two big yeah. Canadian teams. And, and made off like bandits, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Colorado. Oh, this is a gimme. NAMAC. It's got to be NAMAC, but I'll say... Um, I'll say Makar. <laughs> uh, it's Rantanen for number two. No, Rantanen's number two. That's yeah, that's yeah. what I figured. But then I was like, ah, oh, maybe it's Makar. is number four. Okay, and then is uh, and he's Land- missing a lot of games too. Is Lando number three? Lando's number three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lando's number five. I'm actually. glad I still. <laughs> I'm glad I still uh, know like who the good players on every team are. <laughs> it, it's funny because most of this is just guessing based on like what people like, are who's saying good, on Twitter. Yeah. But yeah. Who have you heard of? Who have you seen one highlight of in the last five years? All right, so here's a good one that's definitely going to come down to have you heard this person's name on Twitter? Minnesota yeah. Wild. Kaprizov. Oh, yeah, it's Kirill Kaprizov. Um, oh, okay. God, who would be number two? Um, okay, number two on the Minnesota Wild. Uh, fuck. Is it Marcus Foligno? It's Kevin Ooh. Fiala. Kevin Fiala. Of course it's Kevin Fiala, yeah. Uh, old friend Nick Benino is number six. Hell yeah. On the wild, does Marcus Felino play for the wild? Did I just totally blow that? Yeah, he's number eight. Okay, oh, yeah, way yeah. down then. All right, yeah, yeah. I don't know anybody on that team other than like the three guys that we named. <laughs> they're probably they're sit like down a team. and watch like Zuccarello and oh, yeah, right. I didn't force like Parise and Suter, but uh, St. Louis Blues. Um, it, I feel like Tarasenko's been injured forever, yeah. Uh, Correct. Okay. Shit. Um, is it Dave? No, David Backus has like a robot back. Um, David, David oh, Backus, uh, David Backus hasn't room. played for the St. Louis Blues in like seven years. Well, yeah, that's he's, how like, he's retired. He's like that's how injured he is. <laughs> um, that rocks. I was gonna say the fucking guy that everybody had a huge boner for and thought they were gonna like yeah. run a train on the Canucks, but it didn't happen because we won because yeah. they had COVID and had no lungs. Okay, so what's uh, Jackson? Ryan O'Reilly. <laughs> okay, yeah, Ryan O'Reilly. I, it's probably Happy Gilmore's favorite player, Terry O'Reilly. I'll say, <laughs> I'll say, uh, I'll say. Or Ryan. the title, Ryan O'Reilly. <laughs> <laughs> Riley O'Reilly. That's what it was. Oh yeah, that's. Um, I'll say Jaden Schwartz. Uh, Schwartz. Yeah. Uh, no, number two is uh, David Perron. Oh, wow. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> David like Perron, him? also known as drafted one spot after Patrick White. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, yep. where are they now? Patrick White Rock. What do we... <laughs> hey, there we go. <laughs> that one was in my... That was Patrick in my White Pine Beach. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's good. That, yeah. one's for, that's, that one's for the Tri-Cities heads. <laughs> uh, what, if things ha- what do we think is happening in the desert? Oh, oh wow. Oh, I think I know. This is for Audrey. I think I know who their leading score is. I uh, I'm trying to think anybody Audrey has publicly like just swooned over, possibly from there. Can't be Phil Castle. Oh, it could be though. <laughs> then my guess is Phil Castle. I'm going to say Clayton Keller. Phil Kessel is their leading scorer. Hell yeah. Holy shit. Feel the thrill. Good for, good for him. I'm glad, I'm glad somebody's doing well over there. Yeah, Clayton Keller's number four. Number two is Jacob okay. Chikrin, who I wanted the Canucks to draft. And wait, oh yeah, that is that right? Been, yeah, look yeah. At all of, these instead of Oli Yovella, instead of Oli Yolevi, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Uh, San Jose Sharks. <laughs> oh God, Joe Thornton. <laughs> uh, could it possibly be Logan Couture? Like, is that a bad guess? 
Does he still play for them? He still plays for them, yeah. Owen mm. Nolan. Um, Mike Ricci. <laughs> um, okay. Dan Riccio. Uh, okay. Oh, uh, Timo Meyer. I'll say Timo Meyer. Unfortunately for everyone, it's Evander Kane. Oh, that's too bad. Uh, Los Angeles Kings. Drew Doughty. Oh, it's it's Kopitar. He's old. He's like really Michael Frolik. Like, shut up. Like, it's, it can't it can't be Kopitar. Uh, they are one and two. Kopitar with fifty points. Doughty with thirty four. Ah, so that's damn. That's a big win for Jack. I lose the car. And last but not least, the Anaheim Lake Ducks. Yeah, I was thinking that one earlier too. Okay, Cor- Cor- Timu Solani. <laughs> Every player that's coming to my mind is like. Paul Correa, Timo Solani, <laughs> Scott Niederreier, <laughs> John Gibson. I love the first three scorers, but oh my god, it's you. Ryan Getzlaff. No, it's not Ryan Getzlaff. Um, my guess is Ryan Getzlaff. It's I'm doing it. It can't be Ryan Getzlaff. That's Jackson um, and his old okay. can't do Troy, attitude. Troy Terry is one of their like Troy Terry big, player, big players, but I don't know if he's that's like another leading, Happy Gilmore character. I don't know if he's sure. like leading scorer. Sam Steele. Maybe uh, what? Now that's that's a different that's a character from a different type of movie. <laughs> um, fuck. Uh, I'll say Jesus Christ. I'll say I'll say Sam Steele. I have no idea. Vios was way closer. Ryan Getzlaff yeah. has seventeen. <laughs> well, it's not really that much closer. Okay. Getzlaff is six. Sam Steele is twelve. But their first oh, three wow. scores <laughs> are Max Comtois, Ricard Raquel. And Cam Fowler. Ricard Raquel still plays in Anaheim. <laughs> I thought I thought Ricard Raquel was like way gone. Speaking of people who are in erotic movies, um yeah. Ricard yeah. Raquel. Ricard so, Dick Hard. Is it Dick Hard <laughs> Raquel? It's the Rochelle Rochelle, a young woman's erotic journey from yeah, Alonso from, oh, from, from Seinfeld. Mine yeah. is much funnier. Um, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Dick All Hard right, so Raquel. How did that? How did that? Jackson, come? there's your, there's your new Twitter name. Okay. <laughs> so what I think is the Pacific, or maybe the West. Who knows? Yeah. Divisions are made up. Vias took that one three to two on aggregate. Jackson takes this like I don't want to add this up. <laughs> um, I think I only won by one. Yeah, you won by one. I'm not adding it up, but you had hockey analyst it's eight baby. to seven. So there you go. The 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 end game of knowing a ton about hockey is winning by one point to somebody who like <laughs> thinks Joe Sackick still plays in the league. <laughs> All right. Um, we have one last thing to get to, which is longtime listeners of the show uh, may remember that I got a lovely gift from last week's guest, Georgia twist uh, this Christmas. Uh, it's a book by Dave Zirin called bad sports. It is uh a short, pithy, and excellent little rundown of all the political maneuvering that is done by the owners of various sports franchises. It's very good. It's highly recommended. It's a bit uh, dated now um, because it was written in like it was written like a decade ago, um, and it's sadly quite low on NHL content because, let's be real, nobody gives a shit about the NHL except for us. You sure it's not that we just don't have any political cronyism and uh, it's a progressive <laughs> league and uh, sorry, right? You know, yeah, it's good that. hearts and Tim Hortons and shit. But uh, there was one uh, entry in here that uh, I thought warranted a, a deeper look, particularly because I feel like these days it really feels like the 
political element of the NHL has really ramped up. But uh, this is a story from a simpler time about simpler, maybe political figures, but um, one that will, I think, still have some relevance today. So just want to make sure I find the right place here because I am reading directly from the book. Okay. Owners as a whole also stand with ideas set squarely to the right of the mainstream. This is certainly their right and their business, but when we see how the power of sports ownership intersects with public funds, the question of whether a stadium should be a right-wing pulpit becomes particularly pressing. Oh, I will add, by the way, that uh, Dave Zirin is like very opinionated and very um, like wears his uh, sort of, I guess, like leftist political tendencies on his um, sleeve. So the editorializing is his, not mine, but I also mostly uh, am very much in agreement with it. Philadelphia Flyers and 76ers owner Ed Snyder demonstrated this dynamic with Brazen Cool going out of his way to use his teams as platforms for Sarah Palin during the 2008 presidential election. (laughs) This act of political public relations cannot be understood without knowing what makes Ed Snyder tick. When I spoke with him, he said to me that he believed owners should be, as he put it, visible to the fans. Wrong. Incorrect. Be as invisible as possible. Uh, the fans should be able to identify with their owner. If you don't really know who the owner is, then you don't have one. Um, I will just uh, jump in here with a funny story. I can't remember how I found out that Ed Snyder was like a crazy uh, far right, uh, like economic libertarian. But I do remember just for anybody who um I, I, I get uh, intimations from people sometimes that I like stole the being a socialist bit from JD, but um, I brought this up. No. In the, I brought the, I brought this up in uh, the Canucks army slack in like 2016. Um, and this was, this was, I, I I'll give JD. Um, I want to give JD a pass here because JD had a pre-woke period and that's okay. Um, <laughs> but I brought up that, uh, that, um, <laughs> Ed Snyder was an anarcho-capitalist and his response was anarchists are the epitome of psi. <laughs> so that was the, that was the problem he had with uh, Ed Snyder being an anarcho-capitalist. Oh. I'm sure he'll love that, that I told that story. Um, anyways, as, as long as I don't get in trouble again, <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll get in trouble. I'll be the one who gets in trouble. this time, So it'll be fine. Um, In addition to his day job as the CEO of Comcast Spectator, managing two sports franchises in a sports mad town and being a benefactor for the arts, Snyder is an acolyte of sleep-inducing author Ayn Rand. It's certainly understandable why Snyder and other Rand disciples, such as former Federal Reserve Chair Alan Greenspan, love Rand. She tells them that they achieve success because they are exceptional and others fail because they are failures. Snyder was particularly aroused by Rand's genius, taking time to, confound, to co-found the Ayn Rand, in, Ayn Rand Institute in 1985. I forgot about that. Snyder has largely kept his politics to the level of donations and support for the Ayn Rand Institute, but that changed in the post 9-11 world. He became a leading donor to Freedom's Watch, an organization built around supporting the foreign policy of George W. Bush. The organization launched a $15 million public relations campaign to support the troop surge in Iraq and perpetuate the fiction that there was a connection between the war in Iraq and 9-11. So I find this really interesting because I do think that like, the sort of political activities of NHL owners are almost never highlighted. And I don't remember hearing anything about this when, uh, when Ed Snyder was the owner of the the flyers, like even more recently, um, it would have been really interesting. I think he died before um, the Trump stuff like really took off, but it would have been really interesting to see 
how that would have gone. I, th- I think there's the Trump stuff, but then I, I also think there's um, there's a decent chance, like it's both that and a decent chance that people who knew who Ed Snyder was knew that he was such a Mr. Burns that mm-hmm. they like none of this would be surprising to them. You know? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Like not and not even just Flyers fans, just like hockey. It would fans be really or... funny if like Ed Snyder got mad about the whole gritty being co-opted by like cringe <laughs> That would have been so funny. <laughs> Why do we have all of these out of market fans who like our mascot because he's communist? Antifa? Yeah. For all these 14 year old non-binary people who are fans of my team. <laughs> <laughs> what is Tormund- Tumblr? <laughs> In the ad, a military veteran over shots of the World Trade Center says solemnly, they attacked us and they will again. They won't stop in Iraq. The dream was also to support candidates in 2008 who would take the Bush agenda onward and upward. Snyder, clearly still on Freedom's Watch, then abused his ownership to push his politics during the heat of the 2008 presidential race. He decided that his Philadelphia Flyers and their fans would make the perfect October backdrop for the McCann-Palin campaign. He invited America's number one hockey mom for a realm of free advertising, or sorry, for a ream of free advertising by bringing her out on the ice at the Wachovia Center. But you also had a vivid living living example of the risks taken when an owner assumes that he owns both the team and the fans as well. For when Sarah Palin walked onto the ice, the booze could be heard in Pittsburgh. So... (laughs) Now we get into the uh, wonderful Philly sports fan uh, subtype of, uh, of sports watcher, which is probably uh, my favorite of all the uh, types of sports fans is the like classic Philly sports fan. They're like positive energy Boston sports fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like Philly's good Boston. Yeah. Same amount of insane way better like values. <laughs> Boston is Philly with a goatee. Yeah. The classic Broad Street bully welcome was described by New York Times hockey blogger Lynn Zinser as resounding, almost deafening booze. (laughs) Sports blogs reported a similar response. Curiously, when this was picked up by CNN and other fair and balanced news services, the response was described as a mix of cheers and booze. Believe the sports (laughs) writers, there was a mix, all right. A mix of booze and piped in rock music desperate to cover the (laughs) catcalls. But while music could muffle some of the booze, they couldn't cover up the anti-Palin signs spread throughout the crowd. You might excuse Governor Palin for thinking this appearance would be a public relations gimme. It was opening night and the hockey faithful would be in well-lubricated good spirits. The Jumbotron, our 21st century altar of truth, sent forth a simple request. Flyers fans, show Philadelphia's class and welcome America's number one (laughs) hockey mob, Sarah Palin. The first time that a Jumbotron has ever said, don't make noise. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) With the big Mickey Mouse hands not clapping. I don't know. Oh, that's great. But Palin, the, uh, the former sportscaster, knew what she was walking into. As added insurance, the governor strode onto the ice with her adorable seven-year-old daughter, Piper, who wore a Flyers jersey. Politics aside, considering that this was Philly, Palin's decision to put her daughter in front of this crowd could have been justification to call Child Protective Services. <laughs> Palin acknowledged this strategy beforehand, saying, I've been warned that Flyers fans, they get so enthused, but that they boo everybody at the drop of the puck. But what I thought I'd do is I'd put Piper in a Flyers jersey, bring her out with me. (laughs) How how dare they boo Piper? (laughs) Well, they dared. (laughs) (laughs) 
Granted, Philadelphia fans are a breed apart. At an Eagles game in 1968, they booed Santa Claus on Christmas weekend. <laughs> I need a John Boys video on that. That is, like, <laughs> I, am, yes. I don't know what the context for that is, but that's amazing. That that's like the first story I heard about Philly fans being extremely normal. It was like, <laughs> yeah, they booed Santa Claus. They're yeah. evil. It's like, yeah, but maybe, maybe Santa had it coming. You know? Maybe Santa did have it coming. You know. That's not just an that's not just an urban legend. They actually booed Santa. He had it coming, said one fan. <laughs> <laughs> they once jeered at Dallas Cowboys wide receiver Michael Irvin when he laid motionless on the stadium turf with a neck injury. Uh, yeah. Well, okay, hey. That is literally a Boston thing to do. Uh, it's also <laughs> kind of a Vancouver thing to do, if we're being honest. I can think of one instance where that very famously happened. Um, I mean, it also slowed down once people kind of realized uh, what had actually happened, but still. The following week, Eagles fans showed up at the game in neck braces. Holy shit. Could you imagine if Canucks fans did that after Bertuzzi? Oh, bad. The stadium where the Eagles play has its own courthouse to quickly process unruly fans. <laughs> but it's clearly not just football and hockey. Philadelphia baseball fans booed the children of the Phillies players who couldn't find eggs in a team-sponsored Easter egg hunt that took place on the field. Couple that with the extra strength unpopularity of Palin in the Philadelphia area, and we had a political situation that quickly unraveled out of Snyder's control. As Philadelphia Weekly executive editor Liz Spiegel said, of all the sporting events that should appeal to conservative voters in Philly, hockey would be the Republicans' best bet. But the electorate is changing, and not even hockey fans are easy pickings. This was certainly proved in practice. Palin's presence sparked an organization modeled mockingly after the GOP's swift boat Veterans for Truth called Hockey Moms Against Palin. I remember that. This is the kind of thing that, like, if we had been doing a show in 2008, would have probably gotten, like, a three- episode okay mark. but the influence wouldn't have been chapel would have been daily show yeah 100 percent, no question oh god yeah that i mean <laughs> or real time with bill maher <laughs> oh god okay uh just a couple more paragraphs here and like i said i'll cut down like i'll cut um palin's popularizing of the term hockey mom holds a symbolic value that contrasts with two other types of mom in the american imagination urban black mothers whose children rarely play hockey and the latte drinking suburban democratic voting soccer moms but there are hockey moms and dad in Philadelphia, far from the American heartland. And on Saturday night, they weren't having any of it. The whole hockey mom thing was weird to me because, like, Alaska is not a hockey hotbed. Not particularly, no. Like, no. Scott Gomez, of all people, is the only person I can think of from there. Came from Alaska. Yeah, like, there yeah. is hockey in Alaska. And they that. have, like, a Div 1 NCAA team. So they have a lot of guys bounce through it. Okay, yeah. And then he just gets into his... um he just gets into some analysis or whatever, but I thought that story was of a Roxy fever vintage. And I thought I would share it with both of you mm -hmm. and with the listeners as well, because uh, I just love the idea that like, you know, the, the, the McCain campaign and Ed Snyder were just like, Oh, this is a tap in. This will be great. We'll bring her out in, in a flyers Jersey. She'll have her little girl with her. Everybody will be happy. And then they bring her out. And then just immediately all the Philadelphia fans are just like, Boo! Fuck you! <laughs> Fuck your stupid seven-year-old daughter! 
She looks Santa, doesn't she? I mean, okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's why they booed her. (laughs) The thing, though, is that the worst part of this was that when I initially read it, I thought that the daughter they were talking about was the one that had Down syndrome. Uh, And I was like, oh, my God. But then I I read it over again and realized it was just like. She had like 20 kids. She did have so many kids. And then one of her kids had a kid. Um, um, also, and there's a conspiracy theory that one of the kids was not actually one of the kids. One of the kids was actually one of the other kids' kids. Yes. Ah, like yes. I don't remember. The other thing I was going to say is that I'm pretty sure that like this is a snippet of Ed Snyder. I'm sure that's definitely a guy who is going to have like this is the least of oh yeah stories. I don't know um, what else. Uh, like I, I don't know if he comes up in the book again. I can't remember. But th- this was like certainly the longest section that mm-hmm. mentions him. But he was like. He, he was probably for a good period of time, like the most politically engaged owner of an NHL team um, and uh, pretty, pretty wacko, too. So if you know, if we've got any uh, listeners, particularly from Philly, but any other listeners who uh, know of any good Ed Snyder story, yeah, yeah. Please, uh, you know, hit us up in the DMs because uh, I love I love this shit. Nothing I love more than uh, finding out about insane owners. So on that note, um, I think we will call it here. Thanks for listening. This was a very cobbled together uh, episode, but hopefully um, there was still some some fun tidbits in there. You can follow me on Twitter at McDonald. You can follow me at Vyasaran. You can follow me at Moose Kayak. Don't forget to follow the pod at Roxy Fever and subscribe to the Patreon at patreon.com slash Roxy Fever in honor of the Tom Wilson uh, debacle this month's heritage minute it's finally happening the todd bertuzzi steve moore incident we're gonna do a deep dive uh if you remember any articles takes hf boards posts hit us up because we're gonna be looking for reading material so hopefully you guys enjoy that i want to find out who had to write the piece that night celebrating trevor linden winning the Canucks <laughs> points record uh kuzma for sure i got a story about kuzma to tell you after the show (laughs) all right well um thanks for listening and uh send your hate mail to ed snyder's grave